Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. The Around the NFL podcast. Hey, Greg. Nice tortoise, nerd. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio. Sniper shot. It's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Greg Rosenthal's here. Untoward, Greg. Untoward. Mark Sessler. How is everybody? I'm all for a, you know, out of out of a deep space shot at Greg once in a while, but that seemed uh, unseemly to me. Greg, well, I don't I don't approve. I'm glad for the concern. Nori has been struggling with the move. Uh, we've had to move her cage all around. Uh, she hasn't been eating. Oh boy. Uh, the Bad rain sign. came and we had a covering, but you know we're we're having to buy uh, something to cover up. But she got a little wet, so we're we're, we're a little worried about Nori right but now. Why does caring for an animal, which right. we've all done in our lifetime, and why does that make you a nerd among other things? That I mean, listen, we didn't write that. We didn't record it. We had nothing to do with that. Just threw me. We never do. Um, the tortoise. I feel like you can probably of all the pets. Yeah. If the tortoise doesn't make it. Just get another one. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah, it's not personality no. driven. Not an no. animal from it's that front. Like I, it's gonna I don't like, know for sure, but I'm different. It's yeah. like, no, like you are the same. The, but the you were the same during dinosaur no. times. Would the, would the child even know? Depending the whole, on the no. age of the child. The whole point though is that like <laughs> I'm gonna be sixty five years old and Nori will still be there. And that's the that's the beauty of the tortoise. They don't die on you. They stay, they stay with you 40 years. Oh, well, then everybody wins. But I'm saying if the tortoise croaks, yeah. there's a scenario where you yeah. just replace the tortoise. Because of all, the most important thing is to keep your child happy and not not be facing themes what about of my, death. What about myself, you know? It's about you. <laughs> it's about the around the NFL <laughs> digging into a big, big news day. Um, we last spoke with you on, tu- on Monday and then Tuesday – uh, was a massive uh, beow, beow, development beow. of various storylines, and we're going to get to them all in the news. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the biggest. I think the Aaron Rodgers story, and, and he's meeting with the Jets, that is huge, obviously, on a number of levels, uh, personally as well. But the Lamar Jackson situation has layers. It's got a little something for everyone. Whatever angle you cover football from, it's got a little something for you. And uh, I thought that uh, yesterday was fascinating because, Greggy, as, for instance, uh, you're a member of the Lamarmi. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm not anti. Li- I'm not a freedom fighter on the other side. I feel like you are, but you're just taking <laughs> the bit. easy way out. Just say how you feel. You think he's overrated. <laughs> you're part of the La Smarmy. La Smarmy? I don't find him to be at the level of, you know, the greats in the league right now, but I see him as a great quarterback. Love to have him on my team. But I, what I'm saying is uh, when, after all this talk, all this speculation for weeks about why don't the Ravens give him what he wants, the fully guaranteed contract, and then they hit him with a transitional tag, the Ravens. No, the franchise tag, non-exclusive tag. The non-exclusive franchise tag. And then where it got really juicy, uh, Mark, was – Multiple teams, it starts leaking to reporters, are instantly um, not interested. We're being told right now. Mm -hmm. That's where it stands now. The Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders. And it's creating this big story that goes beyond the player. And maybe in some ways it's always been bigger than Lamar because of what it means financially with the league. It's just heating up. This is a huge story. Yeah, I mean, I... I think the interest um, among any general manager, any coach in Lamar, it would be intense if Lamar's, you know, theorized contract demands at some stage in this process. Let's say they changed a little bit, they lowered, they became a little bit off of this, or they even found out what they were. Because well, how would they or know? Or found out they were. He doesn't have an agent, so I think that adds some complexity. Because if an agent can make Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson's. Um, financial demands, which were out, you know, astronomical and unlike anything we'd ever seen in the NFL, feasible to one team. Certainly, maybe an agent could do that for Lamar Jackson, who comes with zero baggage and such a better. I mean, I, the whole Lamar Jackson experience is different. But I think there is, if you look around the league, the idea that these teams, through various channels and reporters, came out to say no interest or like at least right now no interest. It just tells me that there is almost a. I'm not saying it's spoken, but there's a league-wide concept of we're not going there with this contract guy after guy at this point. What team? Because a team right now could say we're it's not that hard. We're going to give Lamar Jackson a Deshaun Watson level deal, and we know the Ravens don't want to do that, so he'd be ours. Or even structure it in a way that the Ravens uh, couldn't match or just made it uncomfortable. It has been spoken about though. Steve Bashotti, who's the most important figure uh, on the team side here in terms of Lamar Jackson, the owner of the Ravens, said that. The contract for Deshaun Watson is, quote, going to make it harder to do business. That's what he said last winter. The The NFLPA actually had a report, um, a complaint, essentially, back in December, warning about this exact scenario, worried that the owners uh, were going to come together um, and and not allow that to happen. And I'm glad you brought up, like, the agent for Watson, because I do think that is part of the story. Watson, the thing I was so upset about beyond that he's a creep and everything he did off the field was I was upset with our industry because I felt like his agent, David Mulligetta, had all these reporters under his thumb. A lot of hypocrisy there about, you know, reporting supposed to be about just being fair and balanced and that they were playing to the agent. They were playing to that relationship. Lamar doesn't have an agent. And I think... He's an interesting figure because he's so different as a player. People don't, you know, sometimes teams, the power structure doesn't know what to do with guys that are so different as a player. He's also different in this scenario either, except in this time, the media and the agents who to me are very much on the same team and the 
they they're working together. They don't like I've heard on our air essentially people caping for the agent industry and saying this is why you need an agent. So you, from a PR angle in terms of how we're like handling it, the messaging is where I guess Lamar Jackson loses out from having an agent because he has a bunch of reporters who it's in their best interest to make it like Lamar's really blowing it by not having an agent. Yeah, and here's the thing. There is you can make that case just because this was always going to be a very complex negotiation. I I thought it always read a big red alarm for me when the reporting came out that the NFLPA is working with Lamar as well to try to get this done. So now you got the union involved directly with the player and the owners obviously as long as there's been union, unions and uh, big ownership, there's going to be loggerheads there. That that was a red flag to me that this could go in a different direction. And then I think about the obviously kind of the root of a lot of this is the Deshaun Watson, as we're saying, uh, sign, the, the trade and then the fully guaranteed contract. And that to me is becoming like the ex, Exxon Valdez spill of the NFL <laughs> where well when said. it happened – it was like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. I can't believe this happened. How is this allowed to happen? And then as time passed, you thought you kind of move forward. But no, it hangs around. It just it's this that this black slick all around the league. And you got the, the birds that are covered and you're washing them in the sink. That's a sad thing to see, Mark. That was. Um, and and that's what I'm thinking about this now, because and this is do not take this as me being pro ownership or anything. I'm saying Everyone at the time said, wow, I can't believe Watson got that money, especially considering his past, obviously, and what he had done and what he was suspended for. Do NFL owners and teams, because one team, the Browns, who have had a suspect past, let's face it, since they came back in the league in general uh, with ownership at times, made that decision to give the fully guaranteed money, does that mean all other ownerships now have to do that with premier quarterbacks. And if they don't, if they're not on board with that, does that automatically make a collusion? Like I, that's, well, so, so, that's the dirty word. I think I speak about it. Yes. Which was uh, a formal memo actually that the NFLPA sent to the NFL just to give the background that they were colluding to refrain from offering fully guaranteed uh, contracts. That was back in October. It was reported by Kalen uh, Kaler of the athletic. Yeah. And I think the thing is like, are you going to win that battle? Ultimately, five years from now, is this going to be it'll be a moment in time and then probably we're going to have to deal with quarterback contracts that way because the precedent has been set. But I think there is a clear I'm not saying it's like necessarily they're on a text message thread together. It's not that. But there is a clear pushback to just open the floodgate. I think there is a little bit of a Lamar-esque element to it. Like we all see that Lamar Jackson, is he's an MVP level player. His, you know, injuries, durability has been a problem the last two years. But there's a lot like on Lamar's side to where the type of quarterback he is, his durability the last two seasons. Do you just hand him that money? Like if it were Joe Burrow vying for this contract, I just think there'd be, if he were out there and it was Joe Burrow or it was someone just is a little bit easier just to basically look at and say, I can project Joe Burrow for the next 10 years and what he's going to do. Maybe someone would line up here and say, I'll do that deal. Well, it's, it's an interesting case point because Joe Burrow is going to be looking for a new contract this offseason. And Justin Herbert. But he's so far away from free agency. He's also 
uh, working for the Bengals, and it's just hard to imagine the, <laughs> the Bengals being the right. team to do this. And, and in theory, Lamar Jackson, the closer and closer he gets to free agency, I've heard that he's lost his leverage, that he should have held out two years ago, and now he's kind of stuck in this situation. And I get that, but the closer he gets to free agency, the closer he is to being Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins was actually the last quarterback to get the non-exclusive tag when he was in Washington, Mm -hmm. and he was the last quarterback to get to free agency um, at this sort of middle of his career. And what did he get? He got a fully guaranteed contract. This has happened before, which at the time was setting records. And people were saying, well, the Watsons think so much bigger. Yeah, but just contracts in general are are bigger, and obviously Jackson is at that level. So if he wants to play it out and he actually could get to free agency, I I guess I I would have a hard time believing that he's not going to get a great deal. And I do think the the stances teams are taking now is not necessarily the – Stands first of all, teams that we haven't heard about are taking behind the scenes, but also what they could take in April or especially post-draft. I think the draft and people liking this draft class is a big X factor here. And if Lamar doesn't sign that offer sheet, things could change a little bit after the draft. Too. And even the teams and everybody, because it's it's for football fans, it's juicy. It's a soap opera kind of here. So when. Uh, Atlanta, Miami, Carolina, Washington, and through various reports come out as, oh, they're not – that doesn't necessarily mean they're not interested. That, to be fair, th- no national – for the most part, yeah. this was not national reporters who are usually the word on these things. This was like one reporter per team. The Falcons right. actually were one NFL network we reported that was so widely reported and so definitive that I believe it because the others were like not expected to. How it looks right now, they're not expected to do this or that. And it was like one reporter. The Falcons – came out pretty hard. I was like, dang, man. After Falcons. about 10 minutes. So sorry the, to interrupt. No, well, and the Falcons just... took over like Twitter for 10 minutes where it's like, this is the landing <laughs> yeah, spot. It was this an obvious landing spot. Okay, and so that one I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. I just, yeah, that's where <laughs> on the other side of it where it's like something doesn't smell right here is like, why would these teams have that type of outlook where they were not even looking to negotiate when just because it's out there and by the way, it was refuted directly to Stephen A. Smith. You might remember a week ago that he was even looking for a full, fully guaranteed contract. Like, why would that um, keep you from at least having conversations with him, making a contract offer, which is, let's say, somewhere between like, you know, Kyler Murray's deal or Daniel Jones's new deal, which we're going to get to and give him an offer. Like, that's where it was a little bit to me like, wait, teams are just saying we're out. Like, yeah, we're just that, out. We're not even going to have a conversation. Frank Reich, a week ago at the Combine, you know, he's looking for a quarterback in Carolina, and they're certainly in good position to draft one or trade up and draft the guy they want. But they, he basically said, no stone unturned. We'll, we'll look through at every avenue. But so suddenly, I know that it's it's not, you know, the team saying this, but the no Panthers situation came a little quick. It's like, why? Well, at this point, I think the, thing is the, re, the one little missing part with an agent is like, you're right, Greg, like we don't know exactly what Lamar Jackson's asking for. And whatever he's asking for today or what he wanted a week ago or a month ago can shift and change and suddenly you can bring these no's back into the pool and you can bring these other teams like if the Aaron Rodgers thing with the Jets goes south the Jets are heat seeking an answer they shouldn't be saying no unless there's something out there in the atmosphere that says do you want to be the next Haslam contingent that hands this type of deal to someone and and draws the ire of every other owner just ruining everything again you know one year later Uh, the the one thing it's like the Exxon Valdez that had ramifications that lived on. Here's the thing with, though, like teams aren't going to broadcast this either. And even if they're saying 
they're out. Like the teams that were in on Stafford, we didn't know until the last minute. Uh, the team like Carson Wentz had a market a year ago. Matt Ryan had a market. And most of these had very little breadcrumbs before they happen from the insiders. You know, as, as great work as the insiders do, the big stories this big haven't dropped until the last second. Of course, the Dolphins are going to put it out there that they're not going to be going into quarterbacks. They were they were saying the same thing about Tom Brady a year ago, and it took them essentially getting suspended and losing a first-round pick to find out what the truth was. Like, they're <laughs> serving piles of, you know, you know what, and you, they could call it their side of the story to reporters. And in this case, and I, I think you're seeing how the reporting game goes, like, usually the agent's you know, presenting one side to the reporters and the team's presenting the other side. And here, it's just like all the reporters are, are basically just going from the team side and of in a vacuum of information I just, when it I, comes to Lamar. I wonder at the end of the day if Lamar and his family realized what they were really going up against before they went into this negotiation. Like, and, and how, because obviously... It makes me root for him more, though. Sure. That, it makes me want to Sure, like, like the precedent obviously... Uh, was potentially set with Watson. And if uh, Lamar got or gets what he wants, what do you think is going to happen with Herbert and Burrow and Jalen Hurts? So he becomes like this guy, like was the Browns thing a standalone situation that the league moved on from? Or is this the deal that then cements this is the new reality? I think it would be a tipping point because why would you take less if you're Joe Burrow? And that's why it is odious. There is something to it. Yeah, Yeah, as odious as Deshaun Watson, the whole the saga was like that agent did his job. Like he manipulated the media. He got him a fully guaranteed deal. Like maybe it would have helped to have somebody that was on his side that could read the situation because it was so multi-layered. But you know what? At the end of the day, I say all that he's going to be fine. Right. Like it's not like these people are talking, Oh, this is collusion. Look, look at MLB in the eighties. That was hardcore stuff. Go read the Wikipedia on that. Daniel Jones just got a four-year, $160 million right. contract. Geno Smith got, what, $100 million uh, or whatever it was. Uh, these guys earn their paydays, and because they're quarterbacks, it seems inflated. At the end of the day, Lamar will get paid a huge amount of money. Right. A hu- an astronomical amount of money. Guaranteed money, too. It might just not be... What the initial goal and was. And he certainly doesn't need. He, I, I would expect him to, you know, do a hold in if, 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 if the tag thing is all that sits out there. How months could he from go now. back to the Ravens? Well, you see, I, I How think could that, he? that relationship feels kind of over to me. But, hmm. but even in another world, I think it wouldn't be if after July fifteenth you can renegotiate a new deal with Lamar, and it could be, it could be closer to this, like. 45 million a year, 46, where it's like maybe not entirely all guaranteed, but you get closer. It's so different than the Kirk Cousins situation, though, because that didn't feel contentious so much as was contentious with Washington while he was still there. But like, and then they it felt fi- like it was there was very like a lot of was there was yeah, multiple yeah, franchises. Yeah. It got ugly. Yeah, it, 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 I see. I didn't it, remember. It, it, it actually that way. almost felt uglier in a way that just because uh, he was upset with the situation and, and eventually he got to go. The, the one thing, and I and I agree with it, what you're saying about how the owners could be looking at it, whether they're talking about it or not. One boring thing that I didn't really know much about, and I've heard more about it, is this whole escrow idea. And it's like, it's very boring, but the NFL requires NFL teams to have all the cash of any guaranteed con- guaranteed part of the contract that they give out in escrow 
while that contract is happening. So as I understand it, and someone explain it, because I don't know what the f- escrow means. Excuse me. <laughs> it's all falling apart. Sorry, Wait, Kramer. you did it twice. I did it twice. <laughs> if, you, if you give Kirk Cousins his three years, uh, $90 million, or whatever it was, totally guaranteed three years ago, the owner of the Vikings uh, has to have that $90 million in cash sitting there. Even if he's not spending it at that moment, you have to have actual proof that like we have enough money at this time to spend it. And you would think, oh, well, these guys are billionaire owners. Like, no way. There's a huge difference between how much cash some of these owners have and how much cash some other owners have. And, and I've heard the Raiders brought up as an example, for instance, that there was, there's no earthly way Mark Davis could give that contract to Lamar Jackson. Just doesn't have the cash. Or Mike I, Brown. Or the Chargers. Right. Or the Giants, probably. Like, there, there are a lot of teams that just couldn't have that ca- pile of cash sitting around. And there are a lot of teams, like Jimmy Haslam, uh, who just like bought a portion of some other sports team? What did he just buy? The Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee. I he's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy a quarter of the Milwaukee Bucks for seven hundred million dollars. He's got that cash sitting around, and so that creates a scenario other sports have had where it's like really the rich owners can have an advantage over the other ones, and I, I think that's partly uh, what some of them are afraid of or, or just simply can't it do. Nullifies the salary cap. Um, before we're gonna get back to. Lamar talking about some destinations that we like. Maybe we'll we'll pitch some teams. We like them. Do these actual teams like them? That's that's a whole different. I don't know. It's it. See, it's the crux of the whole thing. Exxon Valdez really all over on? again. I thought it was Valdez. That's, a, that's two, two different ships we're talking about. Valdez. Maybe Mine survived. Into, we're going to look into that during the break. I'm also <laughs> going to share with you. I did a little digging. July 17th, 2017, Cousins signed his second franchise tag. The the then uh, you know Arskins did release a um, statement expressing disappointment. And then this is just a funny little note. Team President Bruce Allen said in his statement that Cousins was obviously important to our team and fans and detailed the team's offer made to the quarterback. He also talked about the decision in a video posted on the team's website, but referred to oh, Cousins yeah. on five occasions as Kurt instead of Kirk. <laughs> oh, totally oh, remember I remember that. that. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good All old right. Bruce Allen. Let's uh, take a break and we'll hit the rest of the news. Busy, busy, busy. All right, we're back. I got some developing news right here. I'm Dan Rather. A little different than a... All right, so similar. <laughs> All right, listen to this. Boom, Valdez, baby. I have an honest question for you. Yeah. Mr. Integrity over there. Integrity. Had just I, had just I, proper pronunciation. Had I drummed up. Um, I totally own the fact that like there is no excuse for me to uh, pronounce the name of that tanker incorrectly, and I did, and I will. I'll think about that. But had I, yes. out of thin air, had yes. the correct pronunciation, would we have just gone through all the bells and whistles to? Um, I would call it bells and whistles. Would it was we a co- simple be Google correcting search. your fallacy? Or we'd move right on into Daniel Jones. The bells and whistles was the developing news. I how, think. About, yeah. how about? How uh, about? Honest, just a yes or no. How about you don't hit out? Let's well, no, start there. I, I think it's an I'm inve- you, I'm in, you got it the, wrong. I'm investigating the you scenario. You got it wrong. Yeah, I got it right. Well, we understand Ooh. where you're coming from with that. Mark. I said before the break, I was going to check on it. So I had set it up with the audience. Right. I had to pay it off. That's what the host does. And then I paid it off. I and I would have taken the L. I think it's a fair um, question on my part to ask if we would have mm. gone to such lengths to uh, inform the audience. I've I said what I said. 
Greg? More like Valdez nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some news. It's best for anybody who has an interest in this to make a decision sooner rather than later. You know, I remember, you know, when Favre, uh, before he retired, you know, there were times where he, it was in April and May and he still, you know, we weren't sure if he was going to come back because he didn't come to any of the offseason program. And, and then in 2008, he actually did retire in March and then kind of said, no, 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 actually in June, after OTAs, I actually want to come back and play. And then that's when, you know, I've been traded to the Jets. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of tension that summer. But um, for for everybody involved directly and indirectly, it's best for a decision earlier. That's, of course, Aaron Rodgers from his mythic appearance on the Aubrey Marcus podcast that, last uh, week. His, the way that nearly put me to sleep, just the way he speaks a little bit. Just very sleepy. Late I mean, those night. are two best friends just chopping it up. Late at night. Yeah, late night chatting. Uh, yes, that's what Aaron Rodgers said last week. He doesn't want to draw this thing out, and I think that would be great if that's how it plays out because right now the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are in communication. Uh, last uh, On Tuesday, it was reported that the Packers had given the Jets permission to speak with their longtime quarterback, and... Then the Jets got on a private jet and met with Rodgers in California, and we don't know where things are right now. That's where we're at. But this is this is the situation now. The Jets are not going to have Derek Carr on their team. The Jets obviously need an upgraded quarterback, and now they're speaking with Aaron Rodgers, and all I could say is get it done. You cannot get into the red zone here and, and not put this across the goal line Fingers crossed for everyone that follows gangrene. Well, that assumes everyone wants Aaron Rodgers. Is that the case? I think well, it is. Well, smart Jets fans. I think it is. You want of- Aaron Rodgers. Do you want Aaron Rodgers, even with all the baggage, or do you want Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. I mean, let's be honest about it. Like, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill. Like, who do you want? Do you want to win a Super Bowl? Like, are we – we're a half century deep into this wait for our next Super Bowl visit. Do you want to win the Super Bowl? Because I I am not – I don't think I'm over shooting the moon here when I say if they have Aaron Rodgers and he has a better year than last year, of course, this could be a Super Bowl contender. I think – Those are the stakes right now. I, I'm with you. I think they'd be – you know, no higher than fifth or sixth in my list of, like, likely teams. But they would That's have right. – In the AFC. Uh, but they would have a shot. I believed when – Woody Johnson got on a plane, as the reporting uh, shows, goes out to California with a big contingent that more likely than not, Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet. And you you were already, you know, being uh, cautious with your optimism, worried about Lucy, you know, taking the football away from you as a Jet, Jets fan. And I and I get that. And Aaron Rodgers is an is also a, a cruel vixen sometimes, an unpredictable mm-hmm. guy. So, and it's totally up to him. But to get this far, it just feels like – well, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't take the meeting unless he was, you know, willing to go to the Jets. He knows the Packers don't want him on some level. We know his head is not in the sand in terms of news reports. He knows exactly what Bob McGinn reported. He knows they're letting him talk to the Jets. He wants to be wanted. 
so I, I can't imagine him going back to the Packers at this point once you've already taken this step. We've heard it thrown back out there that retirement is really a, an option here, that he's still not giving no, up. When, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's in his heart, but it, I don't see other teams – making this uh, trip either. It just feels like this is probably going to happen and he might make you sweat it out a little bit. But it I think he will do that. But I think if you're a Jets fan, you aren't trying to compete against three other franchises that have just as much to offer. I think the Jets actually, in this matters to Aaron Rodgers because it, I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you are constantly thinking about your life, your consciousness, your legacy, who you are as a football player, talked about gaining new appreciation for the fact that he is. The one thing about the Jets and applied to the Browns back when Odell Beckham went there and all this other stuff, if you turn the Jets into a winner, if you took them to a Super Bowl, if you won a Super Bowl, it doesn't even matter about anything else ever. Aaron Rodgers becomes complete and total legend, and he's completely won. And I just think if you're in New York, to your point with the red zone, Dan, if you're going to fly out there on the plane, if you're going to take him out to dinner, do all that business, there's no one else competing for him. You've got to seal the deal. And like, I kind of wish that the like while they were out there, everyone just agreed to it and you fly home. I don't like any situation where you fly to meet someone and then you fly back home and you sort of just have them sitting there waiting. But you know what? They're the only team in the race right now. I think the Packers are in the deep rearview mirror at this point. Hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, because we were talking about before the show, Greggy, it's like uh, the Jets kind of need this decision. Um, in advance of free agency when other players hit the market, when other teams have the opportunity to engage in trade talks, when this Lamar Jackson situation is unfolding, and it becomes a situation uh, where they can't just sit here and then be left, like, without a chair. Like, Aaron Rodgers has to work with them one way or the other. And what makes me nervous is that Rodgers is an unpredictable person, and Woody Johnson and the Jets uh, historically – um, although they did get Brett Favre once upon a time, fifteen do, years ago this week. Yes. Do I trust? Do I trust this to go off without a hitch? No. It seems like a still a pretty um, wide open situation. I'm, I'm, I wish I could be a fly on the wall just to know how these conversations go. Um, but it makes too much sense. I've been saying this for almost two months now. This always made so much sense for the Jets, and I think it makes sense for Rodgers as well now. Um, and we talked, I was on Rachel's show yesterday. Like this is where he is at in his career. Now, if the Packers are looking to move on, like go to a team that has a chance to win where you could cement your legacy in a different way. If you have the passion, this is a great setup where you could be a legend in uh, the New York market. I mean, I'd also, I, you know, who knows where Aaron Rodgers was mentally a year ago, but like, if you're going to go take this money from the Jets, this is not year 46 with the Packers. I think you need to be like you need to get a guy who is absolutely all in on the entire from here on off season mm. on to work with new players to make it as um, anti Aaron Rodgers as we've felt about him the last couple off seasons. Like I mean, you've had your time away, your retreat, your X and Y and Z. Now if you're going to join the Jets, like give them everything that you're worth. Right. I think the the love of the game is is real. You don't you don't go through this. You don't become Aaron Rodgers if it's not deep, if it's not profound. I think there's this idea that he's you know, a little left to center. And he's you know, like, this guy loves ball. Now he loved having a situation last year where he didn't have to be there the whole off season. And, and I think the Packers didn't love that. So I'm with you. I think that would have to change, but that was one of my takeaways listening to that podcast was how much 
I think the love of the game and eat, like that win over the Cowboys alone, like it sounded like it was one of the most memorable moments of his entire career. And I could see that even on the fans are like, well, you only won one eight, eight games in the end. But to him, this is his life. And that was just like a moment. And I think going to a new place and we saw it with Tom Brady, we saw it with Peyton Manning when we thought he was kind of done after Indianapolis. These greats, I think it's just, human nature you can get reinvigorated being in a new situation and i i think he's looking for a new man dan like you it may ultimately come out when the autobiography of jets winning quarterback aaron Rodgers um hits the shelves that maybe it was this uh much maligned darkness retreat that inside of his heart his soul his mind turned the Jets into a tangible concept for him versus just floating around up and down the avenues of Green Bay where going to the Jets would sound like a nightmare. Maybe this did it. It's like, it, it, it's like, what am I going to... I already know the way to maybe. the stadium. You take a left on uh, Mike Holmgren <laughs> Way and a right on McCarthy Avenue. <laughs> and I, I'm seeing, I saw this tweet from your old uh, place of work, Greg. Pro Football Talk. Aaron Rodgers and that Zach Wilson will be all smiles and they'll say all the right things if the Jets trade for Rodgers. How long until the first story citing unnamed source that Rodgers hates Wilson and or Wilson hates Rodgers? You know, miss me with all that trash. People want to bring storm clouds in all the time with this team. Just let's see how it all plays out <laughs> instead of trying to manifest misery for an organization that's had more than its fair well, share. Aaron Rodgers is Zach Wilson's hero and it is kind of... I, uh, hilarious to me that like Zach Wilson isn't even mentioned in any of this and he shouldn't be, but it is weird that it's like a number two overall draft pick uh, that's in his third season. And no one's even considering him as an option, including if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, no one's considering him as an option. I think if they got Derek Carr, he might not have been on the team. Rodgers actually makes sense to me that it's like, okay, I can just chill. I can learn the position. If I'm ever going to develop, actually this maybe gives me, uh, a better chance. One last thing is, uh, you know, Woody Johnson, maybe, mm. you know, he's had, he's been uh, up and down, mostly down, uh, but he didn't always have the closer, Nathaniel Hackett on his <laughs> That is true. Nathaniel Hackett, if he does nothing else, if he, because remember, it was the, Bron- the Broncos a year ago. I thought when they always, when they the went closer. after Nathaniel Hackett, that was when we were going Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Like right. that would agree the skids and it didn't happen. But a year later, Nathaniel Hackett all roses. You know what I would love if the trade happened and then they have the big press conference. First of all, I'd want Hackett to do similar to what he did with Russell Wilson at the (laughs) press conference. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Russell Wilson. Holy shit. I want that again. (laughs) Word for word. Just replace the quarterback. I also, if he's the one that gets this done, I want him entering the press conference Hackett to enter Sandman by Metallica. Totally. Mo Rivera style. Then you just build a statue of him outside. And he just comes in like a rock star, (laughs) dressed like Dean Blandino, ready for a night out. Oh, my God. I mean, he's already been more valuable to the Jets than than he was. Then he's got to actually coordinate the the offense. That's the problem. I do think the Packers have the Jets over the barrel a little bit in terms of trade talks, though. Uh, you, You send the owner there. You know that they don't really have an option B. I, I'm. But I do the Packers have an option B? They do. I think they want to go with J- Jordan Love. You mean in terms of another yeah, trade? Like, I, I, with leverage and like who can they pivot and say, well, if you don't give us this, we're going to go to. I think it's just something where you kind of know you're going to get a deal done. But I think the Packers start out with a little extra edge here. And it's it's weird because the contract's so big. I I have a hard time figuring out what Aaron Rodgers' value is. I Because he's obviously better than Russell Wilson. But you're not going to get the Russell Wilson package at this point. I don't think you're going to get 
that he's, close to it. Turning actually. forty, is so there that any, does factor. Is in there it. any reality where the Jets get out of this with Rodgers and the, their first round pick? How can you I, be? That would be how a could home you be run. Brian Gutenkust and, and trade Rodgers w- without a first round pick being involved? Right. I, I just think part of it is he's I think part of this chance. story too. I'm putting it. Seventeen uh, percent chance, but I think th- I think there's a chance. I feel like we're surprised sometimes by the way these trades end, right because of, of the money. Yeah, because yeah, of the money, it might be like a first and a fourth, or it, would, it might be next but year's that's a first though. Sure, or You're next year's first. fourth and this year's third. You know, like uh, I I'm, and I he has to work with them right because he has to say, well, I also want to go here, and then they could play those two teams off each other. It's it's why it's you know. messy because sometimes you compare one situation to another, like Lamar to Watson. It's not it isn't the same exactly, and like you can't compare Rodgers to Stafford, for instance, or Russell Wilson. I actually think you know the Jets won't have to give up as much as those teams gave up to get Rodgers. Um, all right, let's stay in Northern New Jersey uh, and talk about the Giants who. They make a huge splash on Tuesday. Tuesday, which, by the way, was the birthday of Justin Graver, our producer. That's true. Happy birthday, Justin. Thanks. How old did you turn yesterday? I turned 31 years young. You know, people don't really talk about 31. 31 just sneaks under the radar. It's going to be a big year for you, buddy. Well, it comes after a massive landmark. So the 30s, you start start to get lost a little. (laughs) Lost. There it is. What'd you do for your birthday? Uh, Jessica and I had yeah. a nice brunch, and then we had a brunch. nice day together inside watching some Oscar contender movies. So we're ready for this weekend. Oh, that is so cute. And she got me a nice few gifts, a very nice dinner, nice dessert. It was great. Very Were there nice. any... Um... <laughs> if you could see Mark's the look in his eyes as Why? he's thinking I... about the birthday evening, you would I think it sounds like away. you had a, a great time, Justin. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Were Thank there you. any moments, and I know it must have been uncomfortable, but like where you were apart and did you FaceTime during those <laughs> Like when you were in the bathroom, for instance. Uh, no, there was no FaceTiming yesterday. There was a lot of texting with you guys. At one point, Jessica was like, you have to be on your phone so much. It's your birthday. And I'm like, yeah, this is a really busy week at work. We're trying to plan all this. How about this maybe the busiest like, day of the yeah, offseason? Free agency and you're an, an adult. So, how, about, you know. how about the gift from us to you? No emergency podcast yesterday. That was that was tremendous. And you know what? I also have to thank uh, a quote-unquote anonymous person for contributing to our dinner fund last night, which I'm not supposed to know who it is, but I know. And thank you very much. Is this somebody in the studio? Hmm. Yes. I think I know who it is. <laughs> I think uh, I think I know exactly who it is. If I had to choose between the two, both very upstanding gentlemen, <laughs> but because uh, this person wants me to say who it is, <laughs> <laughs> but should I? Because I know it's from the playbook. Because this person has done the same for me in the past <laughs> for different things. I see. Yes, it was Mark Sessler. I'm not confirming or denying. A very generous man, Mark Sessler. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Does was, that make up for the Valdez thing? Gave you that no, not, in, not even the least, because my intention was for it to not be spoken about. But I'm happy that you enjoyed your, uh, your evening, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Until Dan gets involved. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Daniel Jones. Two-parter here. So they do come to terms on a, a long-term deal. It's, he signs a four-year, $160 million contract that 
includes reportedly $35 million in incentives. How much is it uh, virtually guaranteed, Greggy? 82 I think, in the first two years. And then you, you get go. 12 into the third year as well. How about this? How about looking at Tuesday is not a, a bad day for Lamar Jackson, but maybe a great one because I think he will get more than Daniel Jones from somebody, and that will make him – very happy, I believe. Good way to look at it. That, that's just another way to look at it. And in a corresponding I mean, I move. I should hope so, though. And he might have less this year. I mean, it, yes, he's aiming a lot I, higher see, than not, Daniel Jones. We're going to get to the, the Lamar. Somebody's going to offer him a big contract, right? Somebody's yes. going to offer him something yes. huge. I mean, the, the, Even the, if it's not fully guaranteed. There's a lot of showmanship yesterday amongst right. these teams. Someone's going right. to Well, also, you know? the Ravens, depending on what reports you believe, have offered a minimum of 133 guaranteed, which is you know considerably less than Kyler Murray but is is considerably more than Daniel Jones already. Um, So because they were able to get a deal with Jones, they didn't have to use the franchise tag, which allowed them then to use that on Saquon Barkley, who uh, now will most likely stick around. You keep the nucleus together, the two most important players on that offense, and then it's up to Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, Mark Sessler, to build up the offense around them, and we shall see. So much, obviously, this is all built around the idea that Jones goes from... Um, what he was last year, which was a functional to good starter to great quarterback, franchise quarterback. It's a, it's a gamble, but also there's a lot of money out there for quarterbacks. It's a lot for Daniel Jones based on really one year where he looked like a complete change maker to me. I mean, if suddenly they they um, put Jason Garrett back at his head coach, I'd hate this deal, but it's full trust for me and Brian Dable. What he did last year and having the ability to continue to do that with Daniel Jones as really kind of a guy who's becoming a top five, top seven offensive play caller and quarterback developer. I mean, if you think that Dayball can keep that going, there you are. I mean, this is starting to become the price of quarterbacks in general. But this was a bit of a head turner that Daniel Jones initially started to ask for way more than they thought originally at that one point, And then he got it. How he- about how about Lamar hires the agent that. Danny Dimes hired last week after firing the other guy. There you go. The contract, which didn't come out until this morning, so that's a plus uh, beyond you know helping Graver's love life of not uh, podcasting yesterday, mm. uh, is we have the details. And even there's an update <laughs> since the last since I last read it on PFT. They had an error. There is not 12 million guaranteed for 2025 uh, until 2025, which means in all practicality. It's a two-year, $82 million contract, and it's fully guaranteed, which is interesting. So everyone's complaining about, you know, guaranteed. He got fully guaranteed two years at 40-plus million a year, which is a lot. But then they can get out. It reminds me almost exactly of the Kirk Cousins contract that he keeps re-signing over and over because it puts the Giants in a – difficult position to have to make a decision on Daniel Jones almost every year because his cap hit as you extend this thing out they got a phony baloney uh, 2026 year in there starts getting crazy and they're going to have to keep renegotiating it and at that point you almost have to decide okay do we add another year of guarantees that's a long way of saying it's a two-year deal but he still holds a lot of cards because they're going to want to go back to the table and renegotiate it uh, pretty soon, maybe yeah. as soon as next offseason and, and certainly uh, after two of these four years. He, he does hold the cards, but specifically with Daniel Jones, I don't hate this because 
we don't really know what Daniel Jones will be two years from now. No, there is a lot of projection the there. They kind of threaded the needle. I, I wouldn't even hate this for Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson were coming from a different angle. Like, heavily guaranteed two years, find out where we are after that. Right. Versus four years, five years. If if the guarantee, I think for Lamar it would be like two years, 90 million or 90 plus, and then you get some guaranteed into the third year. Or, or he's so far below uh, other quarterbacks who have been at that level. Daniel Jones had the fewest amount of big time throws in the NFL last year. Daniel Jones's numbers have been terrible. And I've always been on the side of like, actually, Daniel Jones could be like a, a good to average starting quarterback. But this is... It's a lot. I, I get the sense this is kind of like them. I, I just wonder how Brian Dable's feeling because he made Daniel Jones all this money. Well, if, if there were, if he had another coach last year, Daniel Jones is bye-bye. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I saw somebody wrote like <laughs> if, if they if they kept Joe Judge around, Jones is probably signing like a one-year $4 million deal to be a backup quarterback. <laughs> that's, that's, a little, that's a little too long. It's within but, the yeah. range of outcomes. I Instead, mean, they, he signs this, this deal. And isn't it crazy and how unusual – the Giants in general, I was texting with some Giants buddies yesterday. Such a funky, kind of strange, hard-to-put-your-finger-on year in general for the Giants, who we know the expectations were so low. You had this new head coach who had a roster that didn't seem to have a lot of pieces, a former first-round pick, a quarterback, who had underwhelmed with in a, at a bad setup, a former number two overall pick running back who had lost his juice, it had seemed. And then all these different things happen. They actually make the second round of the playoffs. And now these guys that Dave Gettleman drafted, the quarterback that Gettleman drafted, the running back that that he take he took, they get new contracts. I know it's a franchise tag right now for Saquon from the next regime that took over a huge mess. That almost never happens like that. You would have these key players from a failed regime and then build the next era of the franchise around them. Hmm. It's been kind of interesting. Lawrence might be next too. It's another Gettleman guy. They're an interesting team because they're they're. It's unusual how this next phase of Giants football is unfolded different than how it usually works, which is new regime takes over and then builds the whole thing from the ground up. Right. But to the Jones contract and what you got going on with Saquon, that if this year went south, you're, it's not a, it's, you're not looking forward for half a decade. You, this is, I, I think if you're Joe Shane, he said, well, yes, of course. Like I would rather have um, picked up the fifth year option. They didn't assess him to be this player. He became it under. So Dayball. why didn't they give him the tag? That's the thing. I think they're making the same mistakes that they made with Eli Manning. I think this contract could be very regrettable. I think. But you just said yourself, it's, it's still a just two, two year years, deal. though. I get it, but if if Jaden Jones plays around the same level, but they don't get as many breaks and things. Uh, aren't ready to really take that next step. And let's say they go 6-11 and 11 and Daniel Jones is the 19th quarterback in the league and you owe him $42 million the next year. It's like, and it's not really the quarterback that Dable wants and loves. I just think it's thorny when ownership gets involved and you get the sense from reporting that the Maras love Daniel Jones like a son and they push them to treat him like this when the tag was sitting right there. I mean, if the Ravens can give Lamar the tag or you can use the tag, just give him the tag. He's the perfect candidate for the tag. Let's see if you can do it again and if you get better yeah, in this Saquon system. Saquon was part and, of this conversation, yeah, too. Absolutely. Saquon and Dable are who got him paid. But, but would I, you want Saquon getting a long-term lucrative deal when he turned down $12 million a year 
in the middle of the season. I think we'd be having we'd be critiquing the Barkley part of it if he didn't get franchised okay. and got a deal. It, that depends on the guarantees. We heard from Mike Garofolo. Uh, I mean, it's NFL a running back now, versus a quarterback, right? So. That it, that they're they've gone up to thirteen a year for Saquon. If if that was like a two, I'd rather play Saquon two for thirty. In, in, in most of its guaranteed, all of its guaranteed, and tag Jones, then then committing this extra year to Jones and paying the extra money when where you don't I need see to. you're coming from, Greg, is and why this is a again with everything else with the Giants, they're kind of an interesting team right now and unique in some ways. Like you don't typically pay this kind of money and give out this type of contract on a projection. Mm-hmm. Of course, like this is he has not proven he's worth this type of money yet, but they're so confident internally that he will be that guy. That they're rolling the dice a little bit. I think it's Dayball betting on betting on Dayball as much as it is on on Daniel Jones. And it's Jones. their guy. It's their in-house guy. I I put something into that. I put something into into ownership, and the front office. Yeah. And maybe Dayball is not so hot about it, but I think he probably swings a pretty big stick in there after what he did in his first year. Um, that they believe in him. So believe in your guys. They did. They showed it and they paid. Yeah, it's it is tricky because they weren't their guys to begin with. Right. As, That's as, weird, as you mentioned. And I think Dexter Lawrence is going to be the next guy who gets a long term deal, and he makes sense as as an elite uh, interior uh, defensive tackle. It one thing it does do is it helps them spend more of their cap space this year. Daniel Jones's cap number is way way lower. It's at nineteen million. Uh, than it would have been if you got a, a tag. So that would have been at 31. So they have $12 million more to spend, and they, they need to. They got a lot of holes. Let's hear from Dimes, who spoke to the media on Wednesday. In a situation like this, you're uh, you know trying to do what's uh, what's best for you and your family while while also balancing you know being part of a team and understanding the goals and the vision uh, that we have as a team and as an organization. And, and that was certainly important to me throughout the deal. And, and, um, you know, I think we found a way to, to, uh, to do oh, both those things right. and, and to, to do, do it, uh, do it the right way for, for both sides. So, yeah, that was certainly important to me. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, Saquon, you know, I've, you know, I've said he, he means a ton to me as a, as a teammate, as a friend and, and means a ton to us as a, as a player. So, um, you know, certainly won't, I won't talk about his business, but, um, you know, that was a piece of it too. <laughs> He's the perfect giant. I know Greggy 42 and 46 uh, and all that, but, uh, like he's kind of the – that's why the Myers love him too. Like he's that guy that you could send him out there, say nothing interesting, be a good organizational soldier, and somebody that, like Eli, you could just kind of plug him in. They see him as that type of – this this figure yes. of stability that they could build an organization Ooh, around. He's a, he's a guy you'd want your daughter to date. How about someone who can make some more big that. plays in the in the <laughs> – passing game i it annoyed I mean, did me you, the end i know the eagles were one thing but you know he did light up yes. some teams at the end of the season how about him getting the standing ovation before no. the entire giants crowd i think you'd want your daughter to date that guy I, he's also making 40 million a year i, I uh I mean, he's considerably older than greg's daughter i'm not talking That's about greg's not what daughter I'm talking but about <laughs> i'm saying like they like him like I, you read those words they like him like a son it's like okay uh daniel jones how about you try not to be oh. aggressively boring like Pat Leonard was on our show, right? And he had that whole sure. um, interview where he <laughs> sat down You're and... You're so mad about this. Where, deal. I don't I know. where are we going with I this? Just, okay, so they had the steak dinner and Daniel Jones told him, yes, what I... Pre-, like he told him, what I present publicly, I go out of my way to be as boring as possible. And it's just like, why? I, I don't know if there's that much like 
charisma and everything exciting not, beneath the not surface. Not everybody needs to, you know, command the spotlight you don't and be have a to little be, party boy. You don't have to command. Just be yourself. Why? To be not being I think your, that kind of is. I think he's boring. I, I okay. I mean, that could be. That could be. That could be. <laughs> he is being himself. But he said like that's his strategy that he doesn't. Maybe wanna... that's a cover because he's self-conscious about how boring he is. So he's like, hey, this is all just an act to keep the media at bay. It was like actually. I mean, it worked I'm for the Joe Flacco outside of him not getting that Johnny Unitas really, movie role. I've been. I. Let the record show. I think I've been the biggest dime supporter on this podcast throughout his oh, stop. career. What, what you, listen to the last five all, minutes of the show. Can you possibly settle down for I don't like this contract. I'm just saying, like, I, as a player, I've always thought, okay, he's a little underrated here, but now he's now he's a little overrated. The man got paid. Well, everybody gets paid. Just like Geno Smith got paid. How about that, Greggy? I bet you're happy with that contract. I was. was Geno Smith. This came down, of course, as it always does, right after we taped on Monday. um, The (gasps) veteran quarterback who had a incredible uh, breakout season in year nine uh, signed a three-year contract (laughs) extension that includes forty million guaranteed. He makes twenty-eight million in the first year of his new deal, and this is all funny money. But just so you know, like Geno. Comeback player of the year, 30 touchdown passes, maxed out every possible uh, incentive, I believe, on his deal. Got $7 million last year, and it was probably the most he ever made in his By life. By far. He had only made seven only, but he had made 17 in his career before this hmm. contract. And now he quadruples his 2022 salary in the first year of his new deal. Good for Geno Smith. I got to say it, Greggy. I'm happy for him. Now, is this a lot of money to give out to a guy that has had one big year in, in a decade and kind of cooled off down the stretch. You could make that case. Uh, I won't do it, though, because <laughs> when you have the year that, that he had, and and just like with Daniel Dimes there in, in New Jersey, they like him in that building, Seattle. And they're like, we believe in him as a guy that we could kind of trust to run our offense and be a face of the team. Gino got paid. Yeah, this was a win-win. I mean, this, to me, is one of the best spory stories in sports for Gino Smith to come through. It's so unlikely at this point. And like I said, yeah, $17 million in his whole career now, $40 million guaranteed. But I don't think it's too much. I think the Seahawks actually got him to take a, a pretty team-friendly contract. And I think he understood where he was at in his career. And he's not as young. He's not a first round pick like Daniel Jones. And, and that all factors into it, but it's a very different contract than Daniel Jones. It's really a two year, $50 million contract and they can get out of it if they want after one year, Mm. really that he's going to make $12 million guaranteed uh, in 2024 regardless. And so that's a lot of money to have to just give away, but we've seen teams do it if for some reason they wanted to move on. And otherwise, yeah, it's a three-year, $75 million contract. The, the, there was a ton of Sensible. incentives. There's a ton of incentives, but it's three for 25. So that's that's right around the league average uh, or even below it for, for starting quarterbacks. I, I think it's a completely fair contract. I think he was, A, a better quarterback than Daniel Jones a year ago. That's the thing uh, is Derek Carr and Gino were better quarterbacks and are better quarterbacks, I think, than Daniel Jones. I don't Jones. know if Derek Carr was Last year, but, but uh, for, it's 42 million less than Daniel Jones. 
I think it's very much a Seahawks situation, too, where they were looking to move on from an ego-drenched starting quarterback who was clashing with leadership, and they moved on to Geno Smith, who fells Russell Wilson in the opener, which I thought was symbolic and beautiful, ends up breaking Russell Wilson's single-season passing record along the way, completely changes the way we feel about athletes who struggle as quarterbacks over the first half-decade of their lives, and in theory, I think, is exactly what the Seahawks are looking for. The, the Seahawks under Carroll want to still be this like team-first type situation. $30 million of this is in incentives, which speaks to Geno and the team believing that he can reach those, and if he does, good for them. And they can also go out and draft someone like Anthony Richardson and have him in a perfect situation to develop behind Geno Smith and figure out what you do at this point. I don't think you stop looking at young quarterbacks, but Geno's not in the way, but you keep a bridge here, and it's a great way to end a good story. Had he ended up somewhere else, it would have been an ill taste after the comeback player of the year operation that he pulled off. I kind of think they're going to draft Richardson now. If he's it's there perfect, though. Why not? Sure. It's such a great opportunity he would, he for would only He would only sit for so long. Like and five th- weeks, probably. Right. But- and that's where the, the contract kind of being a one-year deal, maybe to, uh, comes into play if something like that should happen. But who knows? Maybe Richardson is the guy they truly love, and he feels like the guy they would truly love. They just love big traits, guys like physical uh, freaks. But maybe Richardson goes one overall and they don't get the chance and they end up taking a defensive Whoa. lineman or Richardson Are people goes... people talking about Richardson going one a little overall? Bit, yeah, I mean, I think it's a wow. little... Well, it would depend who would trade into that spot. Yeah, inflated, right. but that's some people around the... Or he goes number four overall, the Colts take him. Whoever it is, maybe the Seahawks don't get him. So they're kind of covered either way. Um, I just feel like the way things worked out because of the Denver trade and then just hitting um, the lotto on Gino, uh, you have an opportunity. It's like an organizational life hack here mm-hmm. where you could be a contender in the NFC, have a have a season where you're contending for a division title and grab a potential star quarterback in the draft. Like, kind of got to do it, I think. done well. The rebuilding year went all right. If it, if it falls to them, I... <laughs> Unlike, uh, and I've seen this on Seahawks Twitter. I, 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 I disproportionately follow too many Seahawks fans, but they're they're very entertaining. And there's definitely they're already clashing. Some people think it's crazy to draft another quarterback with Geno, and some people are like, "Oh yeah, that's what you saying? Uh, it's a life hack. Of course, do it. A team hack." Well, I would. I'm, I would, I'm more on your side. That actually, I think take quarterbacks if you love them as much as I love Gino and I sort of am rooting for them not to do it. gives you coverage with Gino too. I, yeah. I actually yeah. think it's it's not a bad idea to do that. And it, it, and this contract kind of reminds me, this Gino thing on this podcast, you know, just us talking Gino. Mm-hmm. Us? All of us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be in the NFL six or seven more years because his skill set to me translates perfectly to a guy who even when he's not starting is going to be like a good veteran backup because to me he sort of has that like ability to read the field and understand coverages that just ages well and like that even when he's not starting anymore like I just feel like Gino's got to be around like now another is, six years this feels like a nice logical <laughs> endpoint for your victory lap like today's podcast Great job, Greg. We're all proud of you. You nailed the Geno thing. Um, now we can move forward, perhaps. I think it'd be organic to move That's forward. That's not my point. style, but I will take a victory lap. Let's go. Uh, look at this. Let's go. <laughs> 
Greg literally just ran around the desk. I like that. that. It's the dumbest thing I've ever <laughs> no, done. I like that. Uh, here's Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. Yeah, when, when you guys get your chance and you really dig in, you'll see that it, it, just wait, it, it is. Just wait, Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets. You know, when I do that way, we're, we're counting on him coming through and doing the things that he was able to do last year. And if he, if he does that, things. he's going to get rewarded. And uh, we know that if, that if he's able to come back and do that, he's going to have a great season and we're going to be in great shape. We're going to have a real chance to be at the best, at our best. So um, it is heavily structured that way. And, uh, you know, I know he, he, he's gambling a little bit in that sense on himself. Which yeah, is, I mean, what does that say about him no, to he's, do he's that? Clear about it. They were, you know, this was part of it. And, the perfect person. Uh, throughout. So it's a, it's a really strong part of the contract. And, and I think that's maybe why the ownership is so happy with it, too. If you if you perform and you get it done, and you know, it, it, gladly we would reward, you know. And so I, th- I think that was a real combination of, of thinking that, that worked out for us. That's Brock and Salk show on Seattle Sports 710 AM. It's like unbelievable. What does it say about Gino that he just quadrupled his salary to $28 million this year? What a soldier. Let's say he took a there's – there's an extreme uh, amount of incentives. That's integrity. Incentives. Uh, shout out to Derek Carr. Shout out to the, to the Saints because I've heard some backroom uh, whispering that, like, the Saints coming up in that Derek Carr move absolutely helped Gino get paid and get this thing over it's the, all connected. the goal line. It's all connected. All right, let's wrap it up here, uh, the news. Uh, no franchise tag for Chiefs left tackle Orlando Brown. There's some – saucy uh, tackles uh, available to teams if you're looking to overpay for a guy that's a little older but also has a track record. Uh, Casey edge rusher Frank Clark also uh, no longer connected to the Chiefs. He has been released. Uh, the Bucks cut ties with their veteran left tackle Donovan Smith. So that's another dude out there. Uh, and the Dolphins say goodbye to cornerback Byron Jones. He's released. Uh, where do these various players fall in the Greggy 101? Mm. Well, Orlando Brown's number two overall. Man, the the oh. the top 101 took a beating on franchise tag uh, deadline Always day. Always does, right? Yeah, and there's been some uh, signings uh, elsewhere, too. Orlando Brown is now number two overall. He'll get probably the most amount of guaranteed money in this market. Now, no, I think we used to do that. We used to try to guess. Yeah, that. Maybe I think we'll it would it be because he's only 27. You're right. There are some veteran tackles out there like Mike McGlinchey. Uh, there, but there's some younger ones too. Juwan Taylor, Caleb McGarry, Frank Clark. I he is very inconsistent um, as a pass rusher, 30 years old. So he's down at number 63. Byron Jones, nice career, but it sounds like does not sound good that he's going to be able to continue playing football. Unfortunately, and, and now with all these you know guys that come off uh, the list when they get tagged and whatnot, a lot of guys are being pushed up. So Baker, who began at 101, he's got to be in what the 80s now, 90s maybe, low 90s, 70s maybe. Well, Dan Baker remains at 101. <laughs> Wait, you just lock him in there? That's the old part 101 of the, conundrum. Yeah. So. <laughs> 101 is is more of a mindset. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. And so it is uh, unfair if you're uh, a Baker Mayfield <laughs> fan that as these other players are coming off the board, our editor, Ali Bunpuri, yes. points out, are you going to be comfortable if Mike White and Sam Darnold now pass Baker <laughs> on the list because he's going to do a lap around this desk when Darnold passes I mean, how Baker. How many Baker fans do you have coming at you about this uh, glitch? <laughs> Not many. Where's Darnold imagine. now? Is he at like 103 I think or it, something? I think it's something like that where he's creeped <laughs> on, up like baby. nine spots. Uh, so we will lock it in when free agency actually opens. But yeah, there will be more players flying <laughs> off this list. Amazing. 
I love it. The 101 conundrum. Uh, let's take a break and wrap things up with some more Lamar chatter. All right, here we go. Before we say goodbye, uh, obviously we did a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and his situation at the top of the show, but it makes sense to talk about um, what teams make the most sense uh, to you guys um, in terms of where he should land. And and I'll leave it up to you guys because I didn't put too much into all those reports of those teams being out. So mm. you could certainly represent one of those teams in a more meaningful way and, and pitch Lamar on why he should join the team. Um, Mark, get us going. I would love to see what um, Shane Steichen and the Colts could do with Lamar Jackson. You are representing the Colts right now. Yeah, I'm representing yes. the Colts. I think that you've got um, an offensive mind who turned Jalen Hurts. We've got, yes. well, you know, the collective we and you've got <laughs> a coach that basically turned Jalen Hurts into a high-flying MVP candidate and a Super Bowl quarterback. And Lamar Jackson... I don't know if like our city, Indianapolis, totally feels like the place where star players want to go necessarily compared to like a Miami or something like that. But we have a quarterback need. And I think we've got the coach. We've got a lot of. We got this, wait, why did you mention why the stray to your own city in your pitch? Because this is me. Are speaking. we all doing this? I or know, yeah, I, just, Mark. I, I find hey, that you represent Indianapolis your is just, to be honest, a, a little, okay. little isn't where I would call like the circus of stars necessarily. But you've had some it. great quarterbacks that have played here, <laughs> and Lamar Jackson would be totally appreciated in Indianapolis. I think he'd had a chance, Lou. After all this quarterback wreckage that we've dealt with, and Chris Ballard, who let's be honest, like Chris, he works right down the hall. He's got about one more chance on the quarterback front before the whole ship sinks. Let's get this. Lamar thing done, get Shane Steichen off with a good situation at quarterback versus another, you know, journeyman that you got to sell to the press for six months. Let's we do have it. To sell. Right. Well, he's going to have well, to do got a lot the number, of that. I don't, do, I don't speak to them. They've got the number four overall pick. I just hate when teams let. He has the number four. Dumb, you have the number four overall pick. I guess. I hate when. Who am I again? I don't just, know. Shane, just don't, don't let the Colts' mistakes from the last few years. Just change what you're going to do. Because you, can you imagine if Lamar was available for the Colts last year at this time or mm. two years ago at this time? They would have been the team that would have gone after him the most. But now because they've been burned by mm -hmm. Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, then, oh, yeah. we have to go with a, a rookie. They do have the number four overall pick, though. So I, I we have to see this differently. If, yeah, this time. it feels. But I mean, don't let those mistakes affect you. And it's not Shane Steichen, by the way. Oh, Shane no, Steichen I was is speaking Shane about our coach who's got oh. experience working he's with. A, he's a know. rep for the organization. Okay, yeah, am I a, a rep? Nameless yeah, rep. you're a public rep. OK, I want to make amends, too, as a public. Uh, rep for the New England Patriots who drafted Sony <laughs> Michelle 31st overall oh. in the 2018 draft. That one hurt. When all the national reporting and local were like, you know, it doesn't quite make sense because you know Brady's still here, but they really love Lamar Jackson. And I was just hoping. I just felt perfect. The end of the first round. And, and they took Sony Michelle, who, by the way, was absolutely vital in winning their sixth Super Bowl okay. in that playoff run. I'm well, just saying. It was the right move. So That's wasn't, good. Good wasn't cover. the right good move. Cover. But now is the time. Now is the time to do it. They're laying low. You know, I've been uh, <laughs> into Mac Jones, uh, but if you have a chance to get Lamar Jackson, yes, I think you could find a home for Mac Jones. Maybe get some sort of pick back, and you make it happen with Lamar. Uh, 
We make it happen. Whatever. We make it happen. Yeah. Bill O'Brien, who would you rather have with Lamar Jackson? Uh, probably a, a, like seven or eight people. Yeah, I could think or of maybe a thirteen. Few. But he did coach uh, Deshaun Watson. They're very, very different players. But I, it just showed to me that Bill O'Brien can be flexible, whereas he went from like Hoyer to Watson. He went kind of from Watson as a runner to Watson m- much more uh, as a pocket passer. And I just think uh, it would make my life more fun. And I would just... Uh, as I, a team I, rep. Yeah. Right. As a team rep, I'm a huge fan of the Around the NFL podcast, and I'd love Good to guys. get Greg Rosenthal back on board. And bringing in Lamar, that would do it. Really? That's interesting. He's taken a, a victory lap. He's now referenced himself as a vibrant character <laughs> up from the third-person angle. You're edging dangerously close to having a uh, neon sign behind you at this point, Greg. I'm a human. <laughs> Classic non-human move. Um, all they, right. don't, they don't feel like that crazy of a out-of-left-field team. I think they would be into it. Yeah, I, I'm curious about— And they about, hate the Ravens, so— Yeah, they hate the Ravens, <laughs> and—, and that's cool. And I, they don't really. They respect them. But that, it's like it's a, a rivalry. rivalry. It's certainly a rivalry with the Ravens. I guess they lose some control here at this point, obviously. Uh, um, but they do ultimately have the final say about whether they want to match a contract. Would you be comfortable trading or losing him to an AFC rival at that level and then having to deal with him for a decade plus potentially? Or, or with the Patriots. But you left yourself open to these type of situations. Yeah, by they, they, like, they did. Come on, Kraft. You got that escrow money? Let's do it. I think the, the, the Ravens have escrow. to be okay with the idea that someone could craft a contract they're not going to match, and they move on. I yeah. just think that's part of this. But I don't know if New England I – like, I kind of had, I had them on my thing, too, as a potential fit. But it's like, do you think the Patriots, the way they operate, um, would dish out that kind of money for, for Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I – think all bets are off with the Patriots right now. They've been very unpredictable. They are willing to spend uh, on top of the market type guys when they feel like there's a, a value there. And it just feels like the end of days in terms of Belichick and things I are erratic. Right on that I mean, they freaking hired Matt Patricia mm-hmm. to be their offensive coordinator a year ago. Yeah, I, I think they're willing to just do some things. Um, I'm a public rep, uh, front-facing rep for the Atlanta Falcons. And I just want to let everybody know, like, we were just joking yesterday. <laughs> just want to get people mad. We want to get the Lamarmy fired up uh, and cause some buzz so that when the reports leak of us whining and dining Lamar come out, it makes us look that much better. Like, just like, oh, wow, they're playing chess. The, the Lamarmy is not going to like that. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> um, And listen, sometimes you don't overthink things. We got a ton of guap. Escrow out the ace. We got escrow out the ace. You ever heard Home Depot? Ever heard of it? Yeah, these are large store fronts. Large stores. Go get your lumber, bitch. Yeah. Home Depot. It's like, oh, you you won your your you got your team because your dad like had a good day at the racetrack. I built Home Depot. Literally. Screwdrivers, everything you need, hammers, <laughs> plumbing supplies, fencing. Carpeting, indoor and outdoor, grills, wood, lumber, a lot of wood, depot. So we got the escrow and we also have a head coach who knows how to win with a mobile quarterback. We got a nice offensive line. Uh, Mark, I know you uh, are a rep for a different team, but who we got in the backfield in Atlanta? You've got a wide ranging assortment of battlers, of maulers. I got you. I teach you. 
You got Cordero Patterson, and you got this is your guy. I'm not speaking about any player from other team. I've only I'm not I'm not going to create I, an art. Do I have Tyler Al- no. Algae here. Algae. Here. I'm not going to speak. Is this your guy? Uh, yeah. Your but guy. But I'm me. I'm playing team rep. I'm not Mark Sessler. Okay, fair, fair. Tyler, what, who was that? <laughs> that is not what I said. I am now battling myself. <laughs> Tyler Algier, bang, who averaged 5.6 yards per carry. Oh, Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, Drake London. Oh, a good offensive line. Did I mention a weak division? Did I mention playing in a dome? Did I mention playing in Hotlanta? This is this makes too much sense to not happen. So you can have your little Rossini reports out there. That's fine. Uh, you can get people fired up on Twitter. You can get the Lamar me angry. But at the end of the day, we are the place for this guy. And we might not offer him $235 million guaranteed or whatever. But we're going to give him a ton of guap, that Home Depot guap. And he's, uh, he's going to come to us because it's too perfect. It was an interesting move to out of the gate. Rush to let him know we don't we're not interested. That was the one team that that had played around the most. They do the number eight overall You're draft pick fun, too. They have the number eight pick. Do you ever were you ever you ever go into Home Depot as a kid with your dad or whatever? And sure. You just he kind of sets you free and you just start wandering around. It's kind of a fun place to to get lost in. Those aisles are like aisles, forty yards tall. There's just all sorts of. There's a home and garden area outside. Uh-huh. You wander out there. It smells nice. The birds are out there. Um it's fun. I, We're no, fun. I never did that. You never did. They did. I don't think they had <laughs> Home Depots in Western Massachusetts. Well, <laughs> back in my youth, it took a lot. I feel it, like it, it was maybe it took a while to come out. I mean, but you're it's it's a larger version of being taken to the hardware store when you're young. Sure, it's got that yes. lumber smell. It's got I had some you know, good time at True Value. Sure, how hardware store, um, which is the opposite, by the way. And I think Pergament was. Uh, dating myself here, but Pergament, I believe, was a uh, home improvement store chain in the tri-state area that I went to a lot with Keith. The place I didn't want to go to was Marshall's. Debbie would take me, my mom, to Marshall's, Mm -hmm. and she would just, oh, my God. Marshall's is a discount, um, like, what do you call it? Clothing store. Clothing store or whatever. Still alive. And I would go on my... It was the 80s, uh, early 90s. I would go on the lap around the store to try to kill time. And by the time I got back to where I left my mom, she was like three feet over in the same aisle. The Marshalls trips were forever. The, a mom wormhole. Total mom Like a pre-target mom wormhole. Mom wormhole. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, does anybody else have... I think it's for my mom. <laughs> does anybody else have another uh, uh, rep you want to throw out there? What about uh, one little operation? Here we are in uh, the middle of the country. Uh, and everyone just assumes that we're going to be parting ways with our quarterback and just taking this guy that's played like 82 snaps and everyone thinks we're set. Well, Jordan Love could Mm. be sent back to any team anywhere in reverse, and we just have Lamar Jackson as our quarterback in Green Bay. We love the idea of having uh, the backfield we have. We're a cold-weather team. You get Lamar Jackson as part of a run-heavy offense and our growing defense, and the Green Bay Packers would welcome Lamar Jackson after what we've been through with our uh, Hmm. rather extra veteran quarterback of the past, you know, decade plus and we'll take Lamar from here and go and I think the Packers are this team that sits out there as an excellent fit that's not being talked about mm. because we're operating can in I, the shadows. Can I ask a question? 
I've uh, already said what I need to say, but sure. You're the team rep, so I just want to throw it out there. Lamar, one of the things he's dealt with for a long time in Baltimore is like they don't know how to properly build around him. Why would Lamar want to go to a team that might have a worse skill group than even the Ravens? Well, we don't see ourselves that way, first of all, on any level. And we will. what we'll do is build around Lamar. I mean, we, we will flexibly coordinate our roster to uh, accelerate <laughs> and, had, you know, magnify his gifts. They might have two first-round draft picks this year after that Aaron That's Rogers right. Trip. I mean, we're fully set up to uh, build around him immediately. And it's it's the greatest fan base in sports. He'd get the chance to play in Lambeau and, like, look over at Baltimore and say, check you later. Nice move up. Nice move by you, Ravens. Right. I'm not a rep from a, a team. I'm a rep just from the NFL, okay. I guess. And what I would say is there's just so many teams out there that Lamar would really juice up that people aren't no, even talking about. I know where it only going. takes one or two. No, I'm not going anywhere. could be anywhere in these oh. divisions. could be Detroit. It could be Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It, Carolina still makes uh, a lot of sense. Tampa, they've got a cap situation, but they certainly need a, a quarterback. Someone, Someone's going to pop up and provide a home for Lamar. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a I think that's home. like a... I thought you were going to go with Washington because what or what fan base needs a fresh start more than the commanders? And maybe you have a fresh start from the top down and then Lamar is your quarterback and you could finally, after decades in the wilderness, feel like you're on to something fresh and beautiful and exciting. Um, but yeah, that and had, you would stick maybe stick it to Baltimore. They, those two organizations don't oh, really. They would hate that either. They don't the like Patriots. each other. Yeah. They don't like each other. I, I will make one last team rep move, which is. Uh, come home, Lamar. You know, we we got a quarterback here in Miami that we're putting it out there publicly. We do support him. We would only come off of uh, Tua Tungavailoa if we got a super-duper star, a, an MVP-caliber quarterback. That's who you are, Lamar. Come home. He's a super-duper star. Yeah. Hmm. he's He was an MVP, uh, and he's a top-ten quarterback when he plays, whenever he plays. Had some injuries, but nothing crazy. The Ravens are 45-16 and 16 with Lamar Jackson and 2-8 and eight without him. That's superstar. Yes, level stuff. I think he's a superstar. You said super-duper star. <laughs> okay, so su- I'll, I'll leave it at superstar. I think he looked great. But I'm just saying. It's not- the one thing we haven't really talked about today, which is like Lamar Jackson. Is he a superstar or is he a super-duper star? Because I think that might define like – whether he ever got his wish or not, and how much do people put in 2019 was several years back now, two injury plague seasons, uh, and the production wasn't extremely high. Um, I was looking at the QBR. He was kind of a middle-of-the-pack guy each of the last two seasons. He was top 10 Uh, this year. His EPA per dropback from 2019 through 2022 has gone from 1st to 14th to 16th to 21st. Although and EPA, I have a, well, that's, that's well, a whole separate. I, I, EPA is one a team measure, stat. It's, it's a team can, stat. It, it seems like here's one every time there's any critique of Lamar, it's like, yes, but that doesn't really, that's not really valid. It's like Lamar Jackson has missed 12 games over the last two seasons. And all I'd say is that Baltimore, as much as any team in the league, when Greg Roman's offense, when it works for the first couple of years, made it about as Lamar friendly as possible. You'd have to go do that in Miami where you have Tyreek Hill and well, Jalen Waddle. I, I am fully confident that would be an extremely Lamar friendly I think it's a great offense. fit, but that's, I'm just saying of any <laughs> of these friendly places, to just though. about any quarterback, but I, 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 you Lamar, just can't, I don't think you stick Lamar Jackson into right. any offense without it being Lamar was ninth way. in QBR this past season uh, behind Jacoby Brissett. Uh, 
year before he was 17th uh, behind rookie mm. Mac Jones. Um, so that that's the only. I'm not. I'm certainly. But not you also got to use your eyes. Like, like Aaron Rodgers yes. was 26th in in right. QBR, and I just think using your eyes. If if super duper star is top five quarterbacks, he's not there right now. He's not. Do I think there would be a chance he can get back there? Certainly, but he's not there. He's more in the six to to. 10 range. So I'll just say like my final kind of thought on the situation. And because if there is any type of backdoor conversations going on uh, with owners on how to handle this, you know, that's something that needs to be brought to light. But if you are not in that top five, should you be getting the type of contract that is nearly unprecedented in the league? Is that a carve away conspiracy theories? Is that partly at the heart of this? No. And it happened last year with the quarterback. Right, who's not top well, five with, with two, Kyler and Deshaun Watson. I mean, I, I'm Dan. I'm with you. I just, I think that I, I think Lamar Jackson's a tough long-term sign. I really think that you. I wish you could craft like a two-year deal that re, like rewards him richly for the player he is, which is unlike any other player in the league. And I think it would make it easier for teams. Okay, so try some of this stuff. I don't know about two, but three maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, try it. Talk to him. Get, yes. don't, don't cancel yourself yes. out. See if we can get creative because it seems That's like, the weirdest thing to seems me. Like right. he, yes. Seems like he yeah. kind of wants out of Baltimore or that the Ravens are ready to do this. See, see what you can come up with. Maybe it will work. Maybe it won't. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, supersized edition of Around the NFL with good reason. Uh, we'll be back uh, sooner than you might expect with Around the AFC in 48 Minutes with the great Colleen Wolf. Around the NFC in 48 Minutes will follow soon after that. So a big week. And, of course, we are on standby. We took Tuesday off because it was Justin's birthday. Had to. But otherwise, we are locked and loaded for whatever may come next. And, Justin, did you have something on escrow real quick? Real quick. Real no, quick on Greg escrow. Greg nailed it. Escrow is you put the money away. Greg was, was spot on. Okay, Greg, go around the desk again. <laughs> it's a one-time bit. <laughs> He's the call. <laughs>